Do you know what birds and humans have in common? A huge mitochondrial density. Birds have it since they need to fly long distances. And during this process, they are disconnected from the earth. But why us? Why do we have it? Now, not the sole reason, but one big reason being that we can survive even when we are disconnected from the natural cycles of the earth. That is light, water and magnetism. Although that's not ideal given our modern world where that's exactly the case. But it's leading to an increase in diseases and illnesses. The mitochondria is simply more than just an energy pump. It's capable of functioning like a particle accelerator, an essential part of our cellular bioenergetics. It's even capable of something as crazy as alchemical transformation. In simple words, transformation of the energy they have available into the matter. And so much more. Today, we'll be discussing in brief how we can leverage water, light and magnetism mainly certain forms of light and magnetism as medicine for our mitochondria. fascinating though as we were researching and even learning along in order to prepare for today's episode. Anyways, without further ado, let's begin. There's one thing we know about people who live on higher latitudes that have darker skin shades and don't have enough exposure to the sun. That they generally tend to suffer from frequent illnesses. They're more susceptible to viruses. By the way, it's similar scenario for people who are heavier. And why is that? Based on mainstream science, the explanation would be not enough sunlight, which means not enough vitamin D. And according to what's currently widely known, vitamin D levels dictate the process of autophagy and apoptosis. Just in case you're not aware of autophagy and apoptosis, autophagy is like a garbage truck that cleans up and recycles older or damaged parts of the cell. Apoptosis is like a self-destruction button that cells can push when they become damaged or infected, sacrificing themselves to protect the rest of the body. Thanks for adding that, Juhi. So getting back, the thing is autophagy in the mitochondria controls innate and adaptive immunity, meaning that it affects the body's efficiency to eliminate external threats like pathogenic bacterial fungal and viral infections by presenting the antigen to the immune system. And when our exposure to sunlight is insufficient, it just can't play out that well. The reason being in short, we are energy inefficient. We have an incomplete view as we are considering it all has to do with vitamin D. 
I mean, sure, yeah, vitamin D is a part, but it's not just that. It's also the sunlight. It has a big, big role that it's playing here in connection to the mitochondria. The thing is that mitochondria contains a special type of pigment called cytochrome that absorbs light. And there are four different types of cytochromes that are involved in the electron transport chain or ETC in the mitochondria. In simple words, electron transport chain is a process that happens inside our cell that helps to make energy. It's like a conveyor belt that passes energy along from one molecule to another, like passing a ball to a friend to make a goal. So getting back to cytochromes, they are named according to their absorbance spectra, which can be divided into four main categories, cytochrome A, cytochrome B, cytochrome C and cytochrome D. And red and near infrared, which is also NIR light, can stimulate the activity of these cytochromes in the ETC. Particularly, cytochrome C oxidase or COX in short, which is a key enzyme in the process of ATP production in the mitochondria, of course, specifically, red and near infrared light can increase the activity of COX by donating energy to the molecule, which can improve its ability to transport electrons through the ETC. In short and simple words, one other thing that helps the mitochondria work better is a special protein called cytochrome C oxidase, COX, or when we shine red or near infrared light on the mitochondria, it gives the COX protein a boost of energy. This helps the COX protein to work better and helps the mitochondria make more energy for our body and reducing oxidative stress. And do you know what makes up the most predominant part of the spectrum of sunlight? It's red light. We also need more exposure to infrared A, which makes up 42% of the spectrum of sunlight, but don't mix this up with near infrared. So infrared A covers the frequency between 600 and 1000 nanometers, which is utmost important for mitochondrial health. Chromophores are chemical groups or molecules typically found in the electron transport chain ETC in the mitochondria that can absorb certain wavelengths of light, such as the four red light chromophores, 620, 680, 760, 860, which is in all of us by default. This spectrum of light is able to penetrate a body 10 to 30 centimeters, while other frequencies of light cannot. Different parts of the frequency of the sunlight controls different processes like red UV light controls autophagy and purple UV light controls apoptosis. We'll get into that in another future episode. Since we are not covering everything in today's episode, of course, it's not possible to cover everything that's out there about a certain topic in one go. So don't think that the other parts of the sunlight are not important. In fact, exposure to sunlight particularly in the morning, can help regulate the expression of certain genes that are involved in apoptosis. By promoting the expression of these genes, sunlight exposure may help protect the body against cancer and other diseases. 
But here's the thing. For this, you need your skin and eyes in the game. You need to expose yourself to sunlight. And there's even more and more to sunlight. And even other things we speak of. For example, tryptophan, an aromatic amino acid which gets programmed by sunlight. And even to make melatonin and serotonin, we require tryptophan. And getting tryptophan from a supplement or even from foods like turkey are not the same thing. Look, no matter how esoteric and fancy stuff we talk about, it's always going to boil down to the basics. Our hope is that this high-end fancy information we are sharing with you today encourages you to take that initiative. It's simple. If you want wellness, you've got to stick to what's created by the cosmos or God, however you'd like to believe or call it. And minimize what's made by us, by man, because it's almost always artificial. And it comes with its own baggage of undesired and many a times unknown effects. Okay, moving on to magnetism. Magnetic fields influence mitochondrial function by affecting the movement of charged particles within the cell and exert a force on those charged particles causing them to move in specific directions. This is actually entirely based on electrons and protons and they are charges. Just as we see in the case of light, which as we just saw affects the mitochondrial function. However, it mainly boils down to light influencing the spin of electrons within the electron transport chain. Electrons have a property called spin, which can either be up or down. And light can cause a shift in electron spin which can alter the function of the electron transport chain and affect mitochondrial metabolism. This movement affects mitochondrial metabolism by altering the distribution of charged particles within the cell. Similarly, electromagnetic fields, EMFs, also influence mitochondrial function. A point to note that EMFs are of two types, native and non-native. I'll just describe it briefly without going down this rabbit hole. Native EMF is Earth's magnetic field, Sun's magnetic field, Moon's magnetic field, etc. that have a beneficial effect on mitochondrial function. Like, the Sun's electric charge can help to counteract non-native electromagnetic radiation and other environmental stressors that can disrupt the body's electrical balance that can lead to cellular damage and dysfunction. Non-native EMF, on the other hand, consists of things like cabling, cellular towers, artificial lights, etc. Both these types of currents differ and the non-native one tends to interfere not just with our bioelectric body, but also at the physical level by interfering with the signal, with the signaling, like interfering with calcium, to escape the cell membrane causing them to unwind. Cell membranes in short and sweet are electromagnetic antennas for sunlight and magnetism. And when that is disrupted, its signaling is broken down and in better words, distorted, which is also a contributor or a direct cause of illnesses like autoimmunity. By the way, electromagnetic fields do influence vitamin D metabolism as well. 
non-native frequencies of EMFs can disrupt the normal production and metabolism of vitamin D, leading to a range of health problems. And also, people having low vitamin D levels is also due to the fact that they don't have the appropriate electric charge in their mitochondria. In conclusion, both light and magnetism also influence the formation of reactive oxygen species, ROS, within mitochondria by altering the spin of electrons within the electron transport chain. ROS is a natural byproduct of mitochondrial metabolism, but can cause damage to cellular components if their levels become too high. So we should be intelligent enough to do the right thing by exposing ourselves to sunlight and native electromagnetic frequencies. And so we have covered in brief about light and magnetism today, but we haven't touched upon water yet. It's not like we are being biased, but the topic of water is so extremely fascinating and there's so much to share with you all that it'll require a separate episode and perhaps a longer one or multiple episodes. Anyways, we'll see about that. But yeah, anything you'd like to add, Juhi, before we conclude today's episode? Yes. In addition to light, water and magnetism, there are also other factors that can affect mitochondrial function and we should focus on that as well. Like exercise, which has been shown to improve mitochondrial function by increasing the activity of the electron transport chain and reducing oxidative stress. And diet, that also play a role in mitochondrial function. Nutrients like COQ10, carnitine and alpha-lipoic acid have been proven to improve mitochondrial energy production, while antioxidant nutrients such as vitamin E, vitamin C and selenium surely do help reduce oxidative stress. And we should try and get them all from natural sources. From our food, that's also nourished by natural light, native EMF, aka magnetism and structured water. Unlike processed foods that have exposure to artificial, non-native electromagnetic radiation, artificial light and unstructured dead water, perhaps contaminated as well. And that's it for today, guys. And I hope your mitochondria gets the medicine it deserves. Or rather, should I say food? Since it's so important. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and would like to support what we do as educators of health and well-being, consider becoming a patron and enjoying exclusive access to some of our amazing content, additional webinars, monthly group meets, and even one-on-one calls with us. Until next time, stay tuned.